Greetings, friends. Well, today I end our series on Jeremiah, and uh, I hope that you've enjoyed it and that you've learned something new. Uh, I remind you again that on our website and in the description uh, of this video, uh, you'll find a link with some study questions for you and your life group, uh, as well as a daily reading plan with study questions for this week. And um, I hope that you will engage with it um, and that it will help you to, to really wrestle with and come to an understanding of the book of Jeremiah for yourself, your family, and for you as a life group. So today, let's read from the book of Jeremiah, chapter 29, uh, verse 1, and verses 11 to 14. These are the words of the letter that the prophet Jeremiah sent from Jerusalem to the remaining elders among the exiles, and to the priests, the prophets, and all the people whom Nebuchadnezzar had taken into exile from Jerusalem to Babylon. For surely I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord, plans for your welfare and not for your harm, to give you a future with hope. Then when you call upon me and come and pray to me, I will hear you. When you search for me, you will find me. If you seek me with all of your heart, I will let you find me, says the Lord. And I will restore your fortunes and gather you from all the nations and all the places where I have driven you. Amen. Now, friends, as we've said over the last three or so weeks, Jeremiah is not an easy book to read or to make sense of if you don't uh, understand the geography and the history of that time. And that is precisely why I have taken time each week uh, to teach you some of the history of that time so that we can better understand the life and the message of Jeremiah and the message for us today. And so I hope that that has been uh, helpful and meaningful for you. Now, as we come to the end of the series, um, I hope you've been able to discover or that you've discerned that there are, in fact, four major themes in the book of Jeremiah. Let me run through them very quickly. The first major theme has to do with sin. Uh, prophets don't preach unless there is sin, right? Uh, people straying from God's path, and in this case, it had to do with people worshipping idols from the ancient Near East, worshipping false gods and adopting their values and turning away from God's law. The second major theme is this, is that if you continue on this path, judgment is coming. So judgment is a big theme in the book of Jeremiah. Sin and judgment. And Jeremiah saw how the city of Jerusalem will be destroyed one day by an empire from the north, the Babylonian Empire, and the people of Judah will then ultimately be taken captive, and he warned them of God's judgment. The third major theme is that of repentance and calling people back to God, to return back to their creator, to Yahweh. So sin, judgment, and repentance. 
And the last major theme in this book is hope. It is a message of hope, and that is what our reading of today shows us. The message, the theme of hope. In fact, very specifically, hope for the hopeless. Hope for people who had no right or any possibility of expecting that they would ever be restored to their land again. And yet the message of Jeremiah, God uses Jeremiah and promises that that is exactly what would happen. And he speaks a message of hope for those who are completely and utterly without hope. So today, week four, theme four, hope. Hope is our focus in this last sermon from Jeremiah. But before we get to that, how about a little quiz? Why don't you get some pen and paper and let's see if you can remember some of the stuff that we learned over the last few weeks. Now remember, no cheating. And why don't you, just to make it interesting, uh, make a little agreement with one another, the people that you're watching with, and say something like, you know, whoever gets the most wrong has to clean up after lunch today or cook lunch or something interesting like that. Are you ready? Here's our little quiz. Get pen and paper, write it down. Question number one. What were the names of the two idols worshipped by the Jews? And here is a picture, again, of some photos, just to remind you. And here's a clue. The one was the supposed god of thunder and lightning and storms. And the other was the goddess of fertility. Put your answer down. Question number two, are you ready? What is the name of the empire that destroyed Judah? Clue, it's to the north and today is called Iraq. Write down your answer. No cheating, remember? Number three, what year was Jerusalem destroyed? Clue, July the 18th, what year? Very important date to remember. It, it's a key date in all of Old Testament history. Fourth and final question. What was the last king of Judah's name? Clue, he rebelled against this empire to the north and ended up being the last king of Judah. He is mentioned 45 times in the book of Jeremiah. Put the answer down. You ready for the answers? Mark them and see, uh, see how well you did. So the names of the two idols, Baal and Asherah. The name of the empire uh, in the north, Babylonian Empire, of course. The year in which Jerusalem was, was destroyed was 587 BC, or for extra credit for those history buffs, if you put down August 586 BC, I would also accept that. The final question, the name of the last king, of course, was King Zedekiah. Great, who's cooking lunch in your house today? So, my friends, after 587 BC, when Jerusalem was now destroyed and the people taken into exile to Babylon, there was this period known as the exile, which lasted until around 539 BC, so about 50 or so years, until eventually the Persians conquered the Babylonians. So, Jeremiah's messages of hope were for the people living in exile already during this 50-year period from 587 to 539 BC. 
This 50-year period was a time of complete, and we must understand, an utter hopelessness for the people of Israel. And it was into this dire, hopeless context where there seemed to be no silver lining, no end to their current situation. It was into this context that, Jer that Jeremiah comes with a message of hope from God. Imagine what it must have felt like for those Jews watching their city burn. As we consider the context that we find ourselves in over in America right now. The anger and the injustice and the hopelessness. How can things ever be better again? How can there ever be healing and restoration in our land? Perhaps similar feelings or thoughts in the context of what we're seeing over in America. You know, not just with the coronavirus right throughout the world, but also the issues relating to deep -seated, this deep-seated virus of hatred, fear, and discrimination that lives in the heart of man. Perhaps we wonder, as those ancient Israelites must have wondered, will things ever change? Will there ever be restoration and healing in our time? As you read the story and understand the context of Jeremiah, you begin to get a sense of the intense anguish and pain and grief that people felt at that time. Some people walked, in fact, some stayed behind, and some walked among the ruins of the city and wrote down things. So, for example, the book of Lamentations was written during this time. Let me read you a passage from Lamentations chapter 1, just to give you a sense of what they were feeling and experiencing at that time with the city having just been destroyed and people being carried away into exile. Lament Lamentations 1. How lonely sits the city that was once full of people. Like a widow, she has become. She weeps bitterly in the night with tears on her cheeks. All her gates are desolate. All her people groan as they search for bread. They trade their treasure for food. Her downfall was appalling with none to comfort her. Powerful words. In fact, my friends, many of the Old Testament books were written during this time of the exile. One and two kings, for example, Ezekiel, Lamentations, as I said. Uh, some of the Psalms, Psalm 137, for example. Isaiah 40 to 45 were all written during this period of the exile. The story of Daniel, uh, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, all during this time. Now, this is all interesting, you might say. Paul, this is wonderful, all this ancient history that you have taught us, but why should I care? Why should we care, and what does it have to do with us today? My friends, the reason these stories of the exile are in the Bible is because the exile is repeated in every generation. It's in fact a timeless story of people who wander away from God and then they find themselves in exile. Or even those who do follow God, like Jeremiah, can also find themselves in exile as a result of the consequences of the actions of others. 
And there are times in our life, for every one of us, and times as communities and nations, where we feel like we are living in exile and there is no silver lining, there is no hope, the situation is utterly hopeless. I mean, just think about it. There was no hope for the Jews in Babylon. A small group of people among millions of people, part of this powerful empire, what hope could there possibly be for them? How could they ever go back to Jerusalem? How could there ever be healing and restoration for them? Humanly speaking, there was no chance, no hope. They could not raise an army and defeat the Babylonians. No hope. They had lost everything and the situation seemingly will never change. Babylon is oh so powerful. And my friends, every one of us will experience exile at some point in our lives. Living with despair and a sense of hopelessness about our current situation and our future. And we experience this hopelessness as individuals and as communities and collectively as nations. Coronavirus and all its consequences. Racial discrimination and injustice in our world, economic injustice and poverty. Some of you are out of work and you're experiencing a sense of exile or displacement. You've been dumped and, and you're all too familiar with feelings of having been exiled. And after a while, you begin to think that there is no hope of things ever changing, ever getting better. And you feel like you are living a hopeless existence in exile. My friends, these books in the Bible were written for people who are going to walk in exile, i.e. you and me. The Bible is relevant. Read it. Someday we will all walk in exile. And then we need these words of Jeremiah and others. If the exile was caused by someone else's sin, then you need the words of hope. And if the exile was caused by your own actions, well, then you need the words of repentance. The books of the Bible are relevant for us today and contain within them God's word, God's word for our lives. And so to the book of Jeremiah. For 40 years, Jeremiah pleads for the people to repent. But after the exile happened, we see his tone changes and it softens and he becomes no longer kind of a prophet of doom, but really a prophet of hope. Let me read a passage from Lamentations 3 verses 19 to 23, perhaps possibly some believe written by Jeremiah. The thought of my affliction and my homelessness. I mean, he had lost his home, everything is wormwood and gall. My soul continually thinks of it and, and is bowed down with me. My friends, you know what it feels like to constantly be thinking about the stuff that worries you and the situation that you're in. This is what Jeremiah is writing about. But this I call to mind, and therefore I have hope. But this I call to mind, and therefore I have hope. 
the steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. His mercies never come to an end. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. You might recognize these words from songs that we sing in church. So <clears throat> he makes this dramatic shift here from walking in the midst of the ruins of Jerusalem. He shifts his focus from this chaos to God. And this shift is not because his external, his external circumstances have changed. No. It's a statement of faith. I believe even in the exile, even in the ruins of my life, and the ruins that I'm walking in right now, that God has not abandoned me. That he is the God of new beginnings. And he has made promises of my healing and restoration and I will trust in him. And I will not be afraid because I know that his mercies are new every morning. I will trust in him and therefore I will have and live with hope. The only true source of hope is trusting God. Some turn away from God during times of exile. And after what I have been through, how can there be a God? If God loved me, then how could this happen? I cannot believe in him possibly anymore. The thing is this, my friends, that when you turn away from God during the exile, then you have no more hope. Where will you turn now? If there isn't a God who has a plan for you, where else do you turn? Other people have this tendency when they walk through difficult times, times of exile, to not give up, but instead to be drawn ever nearer, ever closer to God. This is what the prophet calls us to. Return, in fact, all prophets actually, return to God, for he is your only true source of help and hope. I encourage you to go and read Isaiah 40, to 55, chapters 40 to 55, all those chapters were written for those in exile, and many of you uh, already know some of those words in those chapters. In fact, Handel set, words, uh, set the words to music in Handel's The Messiah. They contain powerful words of hope and comfort for all who live in exile and, and, and in conditions of hopelessness, living in a place of despair. Isaiah writes of how God's people will return to Jerusalem. I mean, what a crazy claim to make in the midst of this utter chaos and hopeless situation. There is no ways they can defeat the Babylonians. Yet Isaiah speaks of this hope. And in Jeremiah 29 to 33, chapters 29 to 33, we also see this message of hope breaking through. And this hope grows and this hope cannot be stopped. These are chapters of relentless hope. Let me read chapter 29, verse 11 for you again. For surely I know the plans I have for you, plans for your welfare, not to harm you, to give you a future with hope. These words are part of a letter that he sent to those living in exile in Babylon. They thought that they were only going to be there for a short time. 
So Jeremiah writes to them, and this is an important thing to understand about hope. So Jeremiah writes to them, and he starts off by saying to them, listen, this is not going to be uh, uh, good news. Um, your prophets there are lying to you. You are going to be there for a long time. This is not going to end tomorrow. The exile is not going to end anytime soon. That was not happy news for, pe for the people. But that is how life is for us sometimes, isn't it? We want God to, to deliver us instantly now for things to be changed right now. We pray today and we want the answer tomorrow. And yet when we look at scripture, we rarely see God uh, working in this way where he fixes things right now when we expect him to in our time and in our way. I mean, the Israelites were in slavery in Egypt for 400 years, in the desert for 40, in exile for 60 or so years. So Jeremiah starts off by telling them when he speaks about hope that, hey, listen, this is your reality now. But the day will come when God will bring you back out of exile, the Lord says. Just as I told you that the exile is coming, and it did, I am now telling you that God will deliver you, that the exile will end and God will bring you out of exile and back to Jerusalem. This message of hope sustained them when circumstances seem dire. You see, my friends, because we cannot live without hope. The message, the message of Jeremiah for us today is that whatever our struggles, whatever our struggles are as individuals, as communities, as nations, as we turn to God, He will give us a future with hope. Fear does not rule our lives because we know who holds history in His hands. I know that my story will end redemptively. With God, I have a future with hope. I might not be able to see what that looks like right now or fully understand God's plan for me right now or make sense of things that are happening right now, but I believe that God, uh, God has a redemptive plan for me and this world and His will for me will come to pass. And therefore, I have an hope and live with hope. These books in the Bible are not there to teach us ancient history. They are there to say to us all that exile happens, but it will never be the final word. With God, the worst thing is never the last thing. God will always have a future of hope for you and me. Give thanks, for the Lord is good. His steadfast love endures forever, for I will restore the fortunes of this land, Jeremiah 33 verse 10. I pray, my friends, that you'll remember that God has a plan for you and a future with hope. Then look what happens. In 539 BC, something incredible happens. Something that the people in exile could never have foreseen or planned for. Cyrus, king of the Persians, takes his army to Babylon. Uh, the capital was built on a hill uh, on the Euphrates uh, River, surrounded by giant walls. It had giant steel gates going down into the river, but only so deep. And so the Persians at night redirected the flow of the river, crept under the steel gates into the city and conquered Babylonia. Cyrus and the Persians conquered this mighty Babylonian empire and it fell. 
Something people thought never, would never happen. Impossible. And in 538 BC, he issues an edict that allowed all the Jewish people to return to Jerusalem. He even gave them money to rebuild their temple and their city. What was humanly impossible, God did. And what Jeremiah spoke about became reality. It's not a false hope. In God, there is no false hope. Look, it may not be tomorrow or a week from now, but there is always hope in God. God has not abandoned you. When you turn to Him, He has a future with hope for you, for us. I hope you have found the book of Jeremiah interesting and that God has spoken to your heart. Hope for the hopeless. God bless you. Have a great week. Amen.